What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to A is for Alcoholic, the podcast where we talk about recovery. What's up? Alcoholism. I'm here with Jerry Wagner Jr. What's up, people? My name is Jerry. Um, we were just <laughs> discussing... Um, commitments and time constraints and you know finding things that are that may be interesting to you and you know the 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 idea of having enough time to just sit on your ass versus doing creative things that you find exciting and interesting and we all change and move in different ways and we get older and sobriety brings with it you know new challenges and new opportunities and so on and so forth and blah 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 um, and I'm not sure where I was going with this, except to say that I think that these new opportunities that say you, you might have wouldn't exist if you were drinking. Right. Or they would think. exist, but they would be half-hearted. They'd be very half-hearted. You wouldn't even yeah. actually be considering these things. Right. Or no. everybody would be, well, the, the people that you would be doing this stuff with, this creative collaboration probably wouldn't be as drunk as fuck as you were right and then they would always be disappointed that jerry would come over and (laughs) get shit faced and forget to do what i was supposed to do right right so i mean it's all about like setting up your life the way that you want your life to be and um i know that that doesn't i know that that sounds you know easier said than done but we put things into, uh, you know, I've put things into motion, um, and then I've stopped things, and I kind of found like that it really is up to me. Do I want to continue to work here? Do I want to work here? Do I quit my job and find another one? And there's all these little dips of like being broke for two months and being scared and not having any money, and then oh, I find another job and it's pretty good. Um, but I don't know. That's just kind of like with this with this half marathon thing, which I yeah. don't I don't want to spend. We've already discussed it off right. off mic, and um, I don't know if people are terribly interested in my running um, right <clears throat> career. This the but running against the wind podcast. Run, so John's that favorite. was it. Wasn't running against the wind, but um, so I put my. I'll tell you what I when I I waited until they blew the the starting whistle for our group because like uh-huh. I was in the I was in the back like I was like wave seven of ten or something and and so I hit uh, I hit shuffle on my run and playlist oh shit and it was <laughs> it was ride like the wind but Christopher uh-huh. Cross came on right. it was awesome mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was I thought uh, it was gonna be the Bob Seger no yeah 
I should have made one, but it was just like the wind. What does he say? Riding um, against the wind. No, ride says. ride like the wind. Oh, I ride like weak. the wind. Yeah, it's cold. Mm-hmm. My body's weak. I'm on a run. No time to speak. Yeah, <laughs> and it was yep. it was so it was, many fucking dads just working on their fucking car, uh-huh. just blaring that on a boombox, you know, like, or just mowing the lawn, just run like the wind, dude. Such just, a long way to go. <laughs> Such a long way to go. Exactly. And Michael, Michael comes in just oh. like the fog, dude. He's just like that smooth fog. All that shit's a mess, John. Come on now. But I mean. Like this, dude, it was just, it was so, it was, it was an awesome way to start it because like it was uphill, like the first mile, two miles were all uphill. And I was like, Uh oh, brutal and fucking soft sand. And I was like, just keep going, dude. Ride like the wind. You got this. Dude. I was thinking about the other day when I got out of the shower, actually, because I was listening to uh, uh, the Spotify shuffle hit like, um, I think it was Donald Fagan. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that song. Um, it's that one song. It's like the the. I can't remember the name of the song now. It's about it's the future. I G Y. Yes, yes, yeah. What a beautiful world yeah, it would be. be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just remind. I just thought of you, like for so, because I remember we had that shared love, like all that Steely Dan smooth rock. Like, I was like, dude, this shit is pretty fucking smooth, smooth dude. Right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so. I think the thing that I like about, and we're really getting off topic here, but um, the yacht rock like, in recovery, the yacht dude, rock you know? in recovery, yacht yeah. rock in recovery. Well, yeah. uh, that'll be that'll be for why maybe. Um, mm-hmm. but I just feel like there's a there's some sincerity in and authenticity in in Steely Dan's smoothness. Like it doesn't seem like they're trying. Like, yeah, they're just they're just yeah. smooth. You well, know what lyrically, I mean? it's pretty fucking cool. The lyrics that too. are great, but. But the, it's effortless smoothness. Exactly. Yeah. It's a glide. So, it's a so, nice velour, dude. It's just... Like when I hear somebody like Mayor Hawthorne do it, too, and like he doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he's he's not trying. It's just something that he, that comes to him naturally. Just, maybe he's born with it, dude. You know? Maybe it's Maybelline. Most likely. Maybelline, <laughs> There's a little bit of Maybelline. You never know. A little bit. A little bit. When, I, there, yeah. when I met Mayor Hawthorne at a show, he was doing photo ops, and he had, uh-huh. he had two gold teeth. Like, his canines were both gold. Really? Yes. I didn't even know you met him at a show. That's great. Were you drinking or so? Oh, yeah. I was drunk. I was drunk. Oh, I took yeah. a bunch of pictures, and um, I don't remember what I said. I really don't, but I just remember he was very small. I mean, I was yeah. a bigger, bigger dude, but... Um, right. So, today's cop conversation topic uh so that we could kind of stay on track here um but the marathon was great for anybody listening half marathon i finished in under three hours it was hell um during parts it was cold and my legs hurt and it was painful but um yeah got a free cliff bar and a space a free, blanket at the it end did. i got a big old medal that says finisher fuck uh, yeah dude and a t-shirt. finisher <laughs> you know finisher 2019 yeah. but um we wanted to talk about something that our uh, one of our listeners suggested last week for our Q and A, and um, there's a gentleman who goes by Turner Painting Texas, and I want to find the um, I want to find the thing. So it was recovered yeah. versus recovery. And yes. Can you okay? Can you just kind of give like a brief overview of the two? Um, like schools of thoughts on that, like explain that. 
Well, I don't. I'm not really familiar with the recovered school of thought. I'm more I align mm-hmm. myself with the recovery because I feel like I'm a work in progress, or what I'm working mm-hmm. on is always in progress. And I feel like with that ED at the end of recovered, it means you're done progressing. Right. But I'm that probably inaccurate. I mean, I'd have to talk to someone who applies that philosophy of their life that like I'm recovered. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and but I can see the I can see why people would say they're recovered. Like they're like I no longer have an obsession with alcohol, mm-hmm. which was like a big giant question mark to me early on. Actually, not even early on for the first few years, even now, kind of sometimes, where they say you hear people say, "Well, the obsession for alcohol is gone," and I can see that as in my life, the immediate obsession is gone. Like I don't have that immediate obsession, right? Right. But there must be some outlying obsession or some outlying fixation because I, once again, we do a fucking podcast. We talk about it. We live our lives mm-hmm. through the fact that we are withholding something from ourselves that our inner self like really, really, really wants. You know, that pathology in our brain really wants it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I can say I'm not obsessed. Maybe that I'm no longer obsessed in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a I great. Think, I mean, yeah. So that would be something. Somebody says, "I'm done. I'm I'm recovered. I don't I don't require." Well, I don't know. I mean, but the, then there's the long term recovery aspect of it, which you would right. agree with. You would feel that you're part of that, right? Because it's more of a it's psychological more than it's physical. You break your arm, mm-hmm. you go into recovery, or you have a surgery and you go into recovery, and then once you've healed up. And you can now use that part of your body or now you're back to your original physical health. You're considered recovered. I have recovered from a broken arm. I have recovered from an appendectomy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is psychological. So can you say, well, I am now recovered from alcohol. I can now have a white claw and not go to jail. Do you know what I mean? Or I can fucking have a nice rosé and not fucking cheat on my wife, Do you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. I don't know, you yeah. know, like I, I, I don't want to test it because I like it so much the way it is now that it's it's not really worth it for me. I mean, right? That's I I that's this. I'm the same way. That right. that idea of like, well, maybe I could, you know. I've done I've done plenty of experimenting. I've done all the research and development for myself, right? And the way that I react <laughs> to it, the R and D. But I want it, so I want to read you like what what this what this gentleman says um chop it up yeah he and he says he says from from his perspective from my perspective i see it as recovered and i say that because today i don't struggle i've seen and continue to see the promises written in the big book unfold in my life daily like a car my life is no longer fishtailing toward the ditch i've recovered from crashing but at any moment, if I don't pay attention to the road, I can easily go back into a skid and wrap my car around a telephone pole. Yeah. There's no, there's no right in my opinion. Or he says, there's no right in my opinion, only right for you. Everyone has their right. own perspective and experience, mm-hmm. and I respect that, but I always like hearing others' opinions. That's a great fucking analogy, this mm-hmm. car analogy, because I when you're like that. driving in a car, yeah, especially, it's, I love analogies, man, I fucks with them, but... <laughs> But and, it, and metaphors too, man. A little menage a trois with mm-hmm. analogies and metaphors. But anyway, yeah, it's great though to think about it, right? Because you're always in the balance in a car driving. You know, there's circumstances that you can't. Your circumstances you can control, and some you can't. And it does remind me. 
it kind of does kind of enlighten my perspective on it, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a different way of thinking about it. And that's an absolutely valid way of thinking about it. Um, I huh. think one thing that in being in recovery has given me is the uh-huh. ability to to like evolve my opinions about things. And right, not, absolutely. Yeah. Because I was so stuck in my own head about the way that things had to be, the way that things were, the way that things were going to be forever. You know, when I was drinking, it was like, that was it. Like, I still can kind of remember being so sick and so hungover and so in pain and still thinking all I need to do to get out of this is to drink. And, like, I couldn't have told that person, you don't have to, because that was all that was on my mind. That was all that was in my body. So, I mean, the evolution of that opinion or that thought that I I can do without it and then to now think like, oh, okay, so maybe it's a mix of the two. Maybe maybe I will continue to be in long-term recovery from alcoholism in the fact that I am continually working on my spiritual fitness, my right. emotional stability. Well, and the spiritual <laughs> fitness thing is always one of those other words that lights up in my head. And it's I don't know if it's a warning light or like a, huh, I don't know about that yet. It's the mm-hmm. same with recovered, actually. <clears throat> it's another one of those concepts that always lights up in my head where I'm like, uh, I don't know about that, right? Because you have a very concrete version of your spiritual fit, your sense of spirituality, your sense of spiritual fitness. What keeps you healthy emotionally? What keeps you grounded and kind of humble and kind of not being entitled? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? Because I always look at it as the idea of something bigger than you keeps you from feeling like you are entitled and you're the center of the universe. Even though at this point, every perception you have, every reality is just out of your own eyes you know like do you know what i'm saying it's like your perception of everything so you're like of course why wouldn't i be the center of my reality because i think that plays into the now i'm going down a little fucking tapestry pathway here but but it plays into the ego right because you forget outside of your own radar just like in a car that there's other people and cars around you living their lives heading the same direction or opposite directions and you have to be really aware that you don't fucking kill those people with your car I was so I just you know, drove so back. Yeah, spirituality and spiritual health is a it's a weird concept. It's not weird. It's just one of those concepts to me. It's that well, it's I just think that that's part of my long term recovery from absolutely this yeah, mm-hmm. and making it making me better. And we mm-hmm. just got done with an eight plus hour nine hour car ride yesterday. Right. So yeah, and lot to talk about. I was with the uh, with my friend who was driving at the time, and like somebody came around him and cut in you know in front of him or something like that and you know and people drive differently and he's a little more aggressive and like kind of passing people and stuff like that and and i was thinking to myself like i can't really explain to somebody who drives a certain way it's really hard to explain to somebody hey you know driving at 85 90 miles an hour and trying to pass every single you know truck along the way like you're not really saving that much time you're not shaving. It just feels good, right? It's yeah, like, I got to yeah. get ahead. I got to get ahead. I got to get ahead. Yeah. If I were mm-hmm. to tell you that you're really, and that we're going to like be stopped up here at this, like it's going to be rush hour traffic once we get up there and we're going to be, right. you know, mm-hmm. stopped to crawl or whatever, slowed to a crawl, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear that as like, you might as well just fucking cruise at like 65, 70 miles an hour and you're going to get there maybe 20 minutes later like it's right. not that much time but that's just the way that... beyond your control and I, yeah. when mm-hmm. we're in the bubble of our own car 
and we keep we we project the way that we think everybody else should be driving. They're not following our rules. They're not right. driving in the fashion that we like to. And so, mm-hmm. but we can't. We don't connect with any of these people. We don't relate. We just assume, right? We just we just put these. We put our own feelings of um, our own resentments, our own uh, feelings of the way things are supposed to be, right? Our own worldview when you're on the road of like. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. Why are you? Why aren't you getting over? I'm tailgating you. You're supposed to get over. That's right. the rule. Take and like, my cue. Yeah. And it might. And then so you then take it personally that this person's not moving over, and it's like they may not even see you. You're not on their right. fucking radar. They no, are because they're in their bubble. Yeah. <laughs> they're in their bubble. So yeah, I think you know we talk about this stuff on the podcast is kind of like to just to share my bubble with the world and kind of hear, you know, like hear other yeah, people's yeah. others people's perspectives of like what right. it means to be recovered. So I'll show each um, other our bubbles, you know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. So I think that um <laughs> and now that I I even think about it like there can be both. It's like there I am recovered from the the daily obsession of drinking alcohol word yeah that's okay yeah. Mm-hmm. that doesn't i don't wake up going god i really need a fucking drink but nah. i still don't fully understand alcohol's um t- grasp on my brain yes <clears throat> it's unfucking canny dude it really because is those moments where you're like getting whatever in the grocery store and i see the little shiny little bottles and i'm like oh yeah i remember yeah i remember you Hello. i get that i get that fomo dude that's what mine is it's fomo <clears throat> what do you fear mean? missing out <clears throat> well i had a party here right i had our shop halloween party here in the second and everybody mm-hmm. from the shop showed up and a lot of them drink and i don't care i mean they were people i drank with they're friends of mine you know we 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 drank together so them drinking in my house doesn't bother me at all you know like even one of the guys is like you got those little you got those little glasses that you can drink booze out of. You got some of those little glasses, right? And he's standing next to the collection of fucking wine glasses and shit I still have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you mean a shot glass? And he's like, yeah, I didn't know if I was allowed to say that in this house. And I'm like, shut up, stupid. And so I gave him the two shot glasses and they were drinking. But then at the end of the night, uh, my buddy was like, hey, we're all going back to my house and we're all going to go sit in my hot tub and smoke mm-hmm. DMT. And I was like... There was part of my brain that was like, you should go sit in the hot tub and smoke DMT. <laughs> there was his voice, but it was more like fear of missing out, right? It was like, I want to go sit in a hot tub with all these people that are my friends and like have a good time and let a little loose. And, and then I started joking. I was like, man, I want to go sit in a hot tub with you guys and do this wild shit, but I got to sit here and be responsible and mm-hmm. like raise my kid and not be a piece of shit, you know? And they were all laughing. <laughs> And but there was like I was joking, but there was this element, like this tiny thread of like truth in there, this longing for this false freedom. Do you know what I mean? This false sense of like opportunity and freedom, like something cool might happen. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, it uh, it's funny because it just flashes real quick and then goes away, you know, and then it just fades or recedes in the background. So I know that I'm free from that, at least in the time being, I'm free from that obsession in this moment because it's. It goes yeah. away. It doesn't stick around. Yeah, I don't lay in bed and then get up and go, fuck this, I'm walking down there, you know, because my friend lives like five blocks away. You know, and old Jerry would have absolutely, I just would have gone and it ended up fucking drunk in a hot tub, annoying everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Smoking DMT. Yeah, so it's so it's there, but it's so tiny. It's so so tinny and just mm. in the mm-hmm. back of the room. But she it, it flashes up, and then I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, smoking DMT. Like, what the fuck am I gonna get from that? I know some people are like, yo, dude, blah blah blah. Fuck Joe Rogan. Fuck Joe Rogan. I don't fuck with Joe Rogan. <laughs> I even said that on a podcast in the podcast world, right? But. I don't fuck with any of that shit. Like I, I don't know if I feel that strongly. It's more I'm joking, but I hear you. Well, I have a- nothing to gain from it. Like if I need to use drugs to find some higher fucking spiritual sense, then I'm fucking up. You know. And it's a very personal thing. So if somebody says, "I go and I smoke DMT in the hot tub and I find right. God and I want to take you with me," and I say, "No, I think I'm okay." Like. Right. Then that's fine. Uh, please, like, by dude, all I means. Dude, I ain't gonna find God in your Costco hot tub, dude. <laughs> unless I fucking take too many Xanax and die. You right? know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not gonna find God with my two counter people and somebody else smoking DMT that you bought from some shady dude in a Costco hot tub. It ain't mm-hmm. just ain't gonna happen. I'd rather find it through daily practice and meditation and mm-hmm. a discipline and caring about people around me and caring about myself, you know? Yeah. And it's going to um, come from eating microdosing or DMT. No, or I don't. No, I'm not, and not, not for, for me. me. Not for and me. And I was on a, I went, I went hiking in the, in the Southern California desert this last week. And I was with a couple of guys who did that and they were microdosing mushrooms. And the one guy who I didn't know as well, and he was like, are you going to be all right? Like, it's cool. Like, you don't mind. And I was like, I mean, I don't have to eat them, do I? And you're not yeah, going to be an exactly. asshole, are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm going to freak the fuck out because you can't have a good time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm they, not having a good time, no one can. So, I mean, I didn't even notice anything. We had conversations. They were enjoying right. themselves. They were right. probably seeing whatever they were seeing. And so, like, I don't have a problem with that. And that's the, I think that's one of those things that I'm, and I come in, when I come in contact with people who aren't in recovery and who aren't, who don't understand it or who are just normal like they're like is that okay and it's like i don't need to be i don't want to get upset like yeah of course it's okay like jesus give me a fucking break they don't they don't fully grasp it because that's just well, not they their probably, experience yeah and they probably had experiences of people who it wasn't okay with and that's okay if it's not okay with you either just mm-hmm. i mean if it's i don't know i don't know here's like my all my hardline shit that i shouldn't be thinking but I'm like, you're going to have to get okay with it eventually because it's just out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you just can't avoid it, you know? People say all the time, like, well, what do you do? Like, everybody drinks. I'm like, I just don't drink, man. It's I can't avoid it. What, am I going to live in my house forever? Yeah. I'd like to sometimes, yes. Yes, I would. But even in the video games I play, they drink. So what the fuck, you know? Yeah, right. Um, I just can't. It's just there. So that's also a big part of recovery as well, you know. And being recovered is just acceptance, accepting the fact that it's just unavoidable. Like people are going to use these things as tools, and some people are just going to use them as a temporary band aid, you know. And some people have absolutely no problem with it. Like they, yeah. will, they will smoke and drink and whatever. I think a few, most of them do. I think we're part of like a subsect. You know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. little. I think most people, I imagine, would be okay with it. I don't know. But I imagine. <clears throat> I cannot imagine a scenario where I drink again and everything is fine. What new Just... lesson are you going to learn? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I think, too. I tell myself, like, oh, that would be fun. But what do I learn? What do I learn from this? <clears throat> what new thing do I learn? Oh, right, that I can't do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like I and don't get anything from it. One of the, so when I was down in the desert, I was in Joshua Tree, um, mm-hmm. and we were sitting around. And it was the day before the race, and um, I was like, "Huh." And it was in the evening time, and I kind of looked up my meeting app, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's one in, in a half an hour. Like I can be ready in a half an hour. Where how mm-hmm. far could it be?" And then I was like, "Oh shit, it's like a quarter of a mile away from where we're staying." I was like, "I can't." I mean, I think the decision's been made. I have to go. And I was like, I'm just right. going to walk. So yeah. it's dark and it's in the desert. And I brought my flashlight, you know, whatever. And it was, um, it gets fucking cold in the desert, dude. Like, yeah, Jesus, I didn't yeah. realize. Like, it was bitter. But I went to this meeting and um, heard somebody talk and talked to some people. And it was, like, absolutely the coolest thing. And I Rad. learned... Like, it was so great to not only go to a different place and to see different people and to people mm-hmm. I would I would probably not commingle with. And people, if I saw them, saw them on the street, even wherever I was at, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know about that, dude. You know what right. I mean? Because we, mm-hmm. we see that all the time in, in the rooms where it's like, yeah, I don't know about that, dude. And maybe What's I get a little, that, yeah. <laughs> right? And then next thing I know, I'm talking to him about his kids. <clears throat> but it was so awesome. I learned more. In that, which it was odd because it was like, it was a very long meeting. And there, I've never been to one that was, you know, like. Was an hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to a few of those. You get a smoke break in the middle. There was a a smoke break. Yeah. Uh There was like two different speakers. There was, it was, uh, it was different. It was cool. Oh, there were speakers too, right? So it was two different. One, like, one Mm -hmm. was a five minute and one was like a 40 minute. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. But it was so awesome. And so, like, that experience was far more um educational and interesting to me than anything i would have learned going down to the jt saloon for you know friday night karaoke right you're gonna hear some dingbat saying fucking nickelback and mm-hmm. be hung over for your run yeah it's right it's so funny that our, our frame of mind now though like you and i are both in it and i think it's learning this this working through this process is like you think about the consequence you think about everything after as well not just the moment of not just that decompression of alcohol where where you just and everything relaxes and you're like i now have the substance my body wants my brain wants Mm -hmm. but we think beyond that now to like well what comes after what comes after what's the aftermath you know like think about how many times you drank and we would joke and get drunk and be like we're just stealing happiness from tomorrow, ha, ha, ha. Or be like, wow, I'm going to be so fucking hungover. But then the concept was out the window. It didn't matter. It didn't mm-hmm. fucking matter. But now I think, like, what's my aftermath? You know, this is like new way of thinking. I even apply it to other parts of my life, you know, where I'm like, okay, if I do this, <clears throat> what do I, what happens after? You know, yeah. What do I yeah. have to pay for it? How much is it going to cost? And then, uh, you know, on the other flip side of that coin is like when I do something positive, I'm now I'm just now thinking about the future more. And granted, it's taken four plus years for me Mm -hmm. to get to this point where I now look at like, oh, okay, 2020. And what are the things that I want to accomplish and what are the things that I want to do? And and, um, you know, there's just putting in the small daily incremental changes and efforts and time and energy into the things that I want because I mean again nothing changes nothing changes overnight this shit takes time right yeah so now it's like yeah. four years on I ran a half marathon and um I don't want it to be about that but <laughs> 
definitely something. It's a big experience you just had, though. All this shit we talk about all the time. Yeah. This is like these podcast listeners have to understand. All of this stuff is brand new. Like yeah. John and I are guys who never worked out. Like never. we never did anything physically, even in recovery for the longest time. I didn't do shit physically. Same with John. So to us, yeah. I just want to throw that little caveat Please, out there you. that like thank this you. is all brand new. So of course it's going to be a big deal to us because I'm just like right. holy shit. I lost 50 pounds in a year or whatever. And Jerry's got I a like, yoga practice now. And <laughs> right, I like yeah, I do. Right, I'm just fucking what is it, cat cowing it all over town, uh-huh. dude. You know, but. uh yeah, and especially half marathon. That's the first one you've ever run. It's not like mm-hmm. you're you've run a thousand and you're like, let me tell you about my marathon career. Hey. You know, like, yeah. nah, this is the first time but, you've done this shit, and you went to a meeting before you did it. I know that's well, that's kind of what I thought I wanted to do, and then it just sort of fell in my lap. So right, mm-hmm. um, but something shifted and something has changed, and and I don't know exactly what it is, but I. Like there's a certain level of when you when you run 13 miles in the desert in the dark in the cold in the fucking soft loose sand and yeah. your foot hurts and then it I suck. didn't. It sounds like it sucks, dude. And it did. It did. I mean, there was there was a lot of it. And then I also had some uh, gastrointestinal issues to to contend with. And like, oh, there's so no... you were just running with the Rhea. <laughs> Not running, quite running with I the devil. Some... I had some up exactly running with the devil. I had some upper intestinal uh, gas that oh, I couldn't okay. that I couldn't pass. So it was I was yeah. cramped for most of the run. My you didn't guts burp, were cramped huh? up. I noticed when I do cardio exercise like jumping jacks, running, mm-hmm. literally burpees. Like I'll burp. Like when I'm huh. jogging, like I push, I start burping while I'm jogging, and I'm like, oh man, I hope I don't throw up. Like while I'm jogging, just I wish I wish I could have. I tried. Uh-huh. I made a stop around mile five and uh, tried to release, but I, there was nothing there. I mean, it was just it was just all cramped up. My guts were like, "What are you doing out here, dude? This yeah. is not what you're supposed to yeah. do." But there's just you're like, level... "I'm fucking recovering." <laughs> exactly, that's what it was. It was just like, "Don't you understand? I'm recovering." Don't you understand, stupid body? I'm fucking recovering. But it was like there's a level of confidence where I go like, "Yeah, I fucking did that," and you know, yeah. so did so did. 2300 other people that night but it's also right like it was a really big deal for me and so i was like okay so what do you want to accomplish john and so if i put my mind to it and in nine months what can i do next in the next nine months and if i'm gonna have to be alive and uh, and yeah you know, i love the way you put that though but it's absolutely the way i feel about it too but go it's ahead. like if i'm gonna have to be alive then why not make it as as good as possible and why not put in place the foundation for like tomorrow and next week and next year and like right right 2030 and you know there's going to be there's going to be no shortage of problems and issues and heartbreak and death and um pain yeah there's always going to be shit you got to do so always why not continue to build and you know have this foundation where i feel like i can i can reach into that so that when right. on when on you know for the metaphor like when on on mile nine when everything is on fire my thighs my calves my fucking hips and uh, surprisingly I wasn't out of breath so I felt pretty good about that but that's great I got the sciatic nerve that's like got my fucking toes are both numb and like on fire at the same time somehow and I'm like just keep going dude just keep going you just you know that whole David Goggins dig a little deeper if you if you feel like you're tapped out you're only forty percent. Now he's fucking mm-hmm. insane. If you check him out, David Goggins. <laughs> David Goggins. Oh, we've is talked a, about him. He's like a Navy runner, right? Navy Seal. Ultra. Well, he's oh, done. Yeah. 
this is the guy who did like the Moab Desert 240 run, and then he went right. 12 miles out of his way. Like he went the wrong way and had to go backtrack, and he ended up having to stop the race early and go into the hospital for like pulmonary edema or something right. like and that. Right, and I confused him with that actor from Justified whose name is like Walt Goggins. Yes. Yeah, but he's got like I'm not a lazy saying like that. Yeah, that shit is – he's intense, and I wouldn't suggest anybody do what he does, but – it's good motivation to like think about like when you're feeling tapped out. And so that's what I do with the recovery and the ongoing recovery. I mean, maybe there's another word. Maybe, you know, I don't know, ongoing improvement, self-improvement. Long-term, long-term, long-term recovery, like my dad says, or yeah. long-term improvement. Long-term I mean, improvement. you can call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, it's like now you're not getting fucked up anymore. Mm-hmm. Being fucked up is not your priority. So how do you fix your emotional well-being so that being fucked up doesn't become a priority again? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like the number one priority. And alcohol was my biggest, not my biggest problem, but it was the biggest outside, um, the biggest outside thing that was always fucking right. everything up. Yes. And to me, once again, alcohol was not my biggest problem, but it was my most pressing problem in that moment. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like Immediate. this is the one that required the most attention, you know, mm-hmm. in this moment. And so now that I've pushed that aside and I haven't, I still subscribe to that 24 hours at a time because I don't think I've <clears throat> defeated it. I'm not like, yeah, fuck you booze. I'll never pick you up again. Cause that's wild. That's wacky shit. Like that's like celebrating at the end of the fight and getting knocked out anyway. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to do that shit. That's why I had a, not a hard time, but I always thought about recovered versus recovery until you read that thing and that, that our listener wrote and it, it just, clears it all up for me so much more actually because mm-hmm. i always would i'd hear people say recovered and i'd be like man are you celebrating before the race is over like mm. <laughs> be careful with that shit you know like you can't just i mean you can do whatever you want i can't personally be like fuck yeah i gotta be and then you know i'm in the fucking bushes of the mike's hard lemonade you know the next day or whatever man i tattooed a guy the other day who fu- I didn't realize was drunk till halfway through the tattoo. Mm. And at one point he had joked with me like, ha ha, I'm drunk. And I thought he was joking right. and he was drinking this energy drink. And so I was like, Oh, it's- I didn't even notice the energy drink. And then he sat up halfway through me lining it out. And he's like, Oh man, I got to beer it down real quick. And then he starts pounding this energy drink. And I realized it's a Mike's harder lemonade. Oh. And I'm like, Hey dude, I can't have you drinking in here, man. Like, I'm going to finish this because we're fucking halfway through it, but, like, I can't have you doing that shit in here. Mm. And so then I, after, and it was annoying, dude. It was a really negative experience. But then after he left, I was like, how the fuck do they make Mike's harder lemonade? Like, how do they make it harder? Do you just put vodka in it? Like, it didn't make, I don't know. Yeah. I, those are my two thoughts was, like, don't be coming to see me fucked up because I can get in a lot of trouble, for, you know. Like, that's mm-hmm. not how we roll here at the shop. I can get right. in trouble. You know, and I don't want to be dealing with drunk people, man. I'm not your fucking babysitter dog. If you can't deal with a tattoo without getting drunk, then like, don't be getting tattooed or don't get tattooed here and find a buddy who's going to do it to you out of his house. You know, like, well, I know that I had you tattoo me at the shop a couple of times and, um, yeah, but we were both drunk though. Well, no, but I mean, no, 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 no. But I don't think that I was drunk at the, neither of us were drunk at the shop because your house we were at my house. Well, that's not, you know. But I remember you saying, like, look, dude, it's not going to, you know, people think that getting drunk is, like, going to somehow numb the experience. Like, it ah, doesn't. It it's it's going to make it worse. So, you know, yeah. it, it, you might as well just go through the pain sober and, 
you know, get drunk after, get drunk after if that's what you want, you know? And, um, I would have to agree because I've, I've had them both and I think the sober ones are better, but still there's one of those experiences in recovery where I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even that really mad at you. I'm a little irritated. I just feel bad. Like, I just feel bad. It just makes me feel sad, you know? And it's just another thing that we need to be diligent about, you know, like when you see now the next time somebody comes in with some can of some shit, you're like, hey. Now I got to be looking at a can and make sure it's a monster energy drink and not a Mike's Hardest Lemonade. I wonder if they do have the hardest, like hard, harder, and hardest. Yeah, and the hardest is just just moonshine. Moonshine. It's just a can full of Everclear with a cigarette butt in it. Yeah, some di- <laughs> some lipstick stain around the rim. Lipstick like, stain, just pre-lipstick stain for you. Here you go. Here's Good the luck. hardest lemonade. Yeah, here's the hardest lemonade ever made. Oh man, and we got it. There was we were out on the trail the other day, and like this, the guy that I was with, and he handed me like a bag after we were done. It was like a bag of snacks mm-hmm. or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. can I just see the bag real quick? Because I saw something look like hemp or whatever, but it was like hemp seed. And, you know, right. dates and granola or whatever. And I was like, I just had to make sure that I wasn't like he wasn't feeding me weed treats. Well, and you're in California. I'm in Oregon, mm-hmm. dude. Every time clients bring in cookies, they're like, hey, we love your tattoo shop. You're rad. Here's some cookies. I always ask them, is there weed in these cookies? I have mm-hmm. to. I ask with anything anyone gives me now because and that's not even a recovery thing. Like, I think if I accidentally ate a weed cookie, I wouldn't start drinking i just would freak the fuck out for the for the next day or two Mm because it's uncomfortable i don't like being high i've never really liked it but that being said yeah you have to be really diligent about all that shit you know so i I ate an olive the other night that i swear they had brined it in vodka i was at a the shark that remember that fancy cheese party Mm -hmm. i ate this olive that had like a pepper in it and i was Uh... like this tastes really weird what is this what is this taste you know and so then I ate one more and I'm like, this is really fucking weird. And so I had Megan smell it and I'm like, does that smell like booze? I don't want to eat any more of these. But I was trying to figure out what the taste was. And then now that I'm talking to you, I think it was gin. I think they had like soaked them know. in gin but or it, something. Yeah, but pepper. maybe. But it wasn't really strong though. Like it was really in the back. It was like behind everything. Like it could have been just know. like juniper or something too. But maybe, yeah. yeah. I, I hate gin, dude. <laughs> I ate an apple the other night, and I, it was one of the apples I brought for the trip. Like I uh-huh. brought a big bag, and it was on the ride home last night. And um, I'm eating it, and I'm like, "Did like this get soaked in wine or fermented, or was it sitting on the counter? Because it's just an apple." But I was kind right, of, and I was like, "I bought it, and it's mine, and it's not like anybody else touched it." But it was just that that feeling of something familiarity. Else is here. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, something else like, is huh. here that that I know. And it that I know be that here. I don't yeah. want that I and mm-hmm. so I'm still kind of in tuned with like the taste of it's like is this fucking rotten apple or something but it's, it wasn't it was fine it was just an right. apple you just had a moment <clears throat> where it tasted like a 1989 mm-hmm. or, or exactly something. and you're like huh this has like a familiar thing to it mm-hmm. and that's once again those things are fucking unavoidable man you can't put baby bumpers on life you just have to get out there and live it and don't fucking relapse and you'll be all right Right, and if you do relapse, well, figure out what you learned from that relapse and keep going. Not and, with um, the relapse, with the recovery. Right. <laughs> yeah, but well, your dad always said, um, and I've heard this before about going to AA, and I think the guy at the meeting said this something to this will yeah ruin my your, dad will ruin your drinking it'll fuck your drinking up. That's exactly what my dad said to me. I had five days sober. Said and, I think I'm going to a meeting. And what did he did he expand on that at all or like what do you I mean 
He said it'll fuck your drinking up because it'll fuck with your head. Because once you get a head full of AA, you get a little bit of AA in your head and you start drinking again, you look at it differently than you did before. Because, because you, you know what other you're doing. People. You know what you're doing. You're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it'll fuck it up. It won't be as fun. And I yeah. was just like five days into it. Like, I don't give a fuck. I just need to get out of this hole. Like, I'm not even going to think about drinking right now. I just need to get out of this hole. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, in early recovery, I had planned on relapsing. I had like made plans, huh. you know, it wasn't even like, oh, I'm, I'm going to drink tomorrow. Like I, I want to drink. Like it wasn't this thing. Like I had a plan that I was like, fuck it. I got six months in Megan's gone. I got this new house. No one's there. I'm going to take the bus up to the new house, hit that liquor store in South Eugene and just sit in an empty house and get fucked up where I can't hurt anybody. And I'm just going to turn my phone off and hide it somewhere and just get drunk as fuck just one night and then I'll go back on the wagon again. And I didn't do it. I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, but I mean, I had it like figured out and shit. And I was wow. just like, yeah, six months into it. And then I was like, I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't do that, you know? But I wasn't like next Friday at five. I just was like, soon, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. Right. You know? And I just never did it. I just never did it. Every time I thought about it, it'd make me feel like sad. Like I'd feel yeah. bad. Yeah. I'd feel like really sad. Like, damn, dude, really? Like, this is what we're going to do again. Like you already tried this. It's not working the way you want it to, you know? Yeah. I think for me in early recovery in that first few months, there were the two incidences where I straw tasted a drink that was slid in front of me at a bar. Right. Out of habit. Right. Out of habit. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was, and that was looking back that and also tasting the butterscotch pudding that had actual scotch in it. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. Like it's just butter and scotch. It was gross, but it was like, but yeah, it was it was it was pudding, but they had put like Macallan or something in there, and oh. I took the bite. And in both those incidents, I lit up like my body, like the temperature rose, and my brain like yeah, lit up. Yeah, of course, dude. You're and I, fucking yeah. yeah. In retrospect, I'm really grateful for those moments because they kind of gave me a little taste of like what the relapse might be, mm-hmm. and I think that they've they've kind of kind of like a like a vaccine you know like i got a little taste of the relapse and so i'm like yeah i'm good i'm not saying i'm immune you because, felt that hotness and you were like yeah this oh is shit serious. i don't want this this is bad this is scary this feels yeah. weird i you so, have that moment where you're like i'm not just a heavy drinker who likes to party and kind of got out of hand you're like wow there's something fucking wrong with me <laughs> which i had had those moments just emotionally do you know what mm-hmm. i mean like because I don't know if I've had I you know what I accidentally ate booze once on some flan they had poured like cognac on it cognac yeah and then I was like why the fuck are you gonna pour cognac on a dessert for kids y'all like everybody chill mm-hmm. yeah so I scraped all the cognac off of it and ate it because I love flan dude what am I gonna do be like give me a cognac less flan I guess I could have asked them for that yeah but anyway I'd scraped all the cognac off and said here Megan lick this off the plate or whatever I'm gonna eat the rest <laughs> of this thing but I guess. I, I, I don't remember feeling that hotness. I remember feeling huh. like forbidden, like I shouldn't be do This is something you no. shouldn't do. Like, but I also, you know, I've had those emotional moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm not just some heavy. I'm not some dude who likes to party a lot and got a little wild for fucking 17 years. You yeah. know, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, like I have a fucking Is that problem. how long it was for you? I drank about 17. Yeah, well, see, from the time I was 16 till five years ago. So I'm 44. Now I stopped at 39. So what's the math there? I think about 17. Yeah. 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 Me too. About. I think. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm really grateful for those moments of like getting just a little taste. So I was like, okay, that's what it's going to feel like if you if you take a shot of whiskey or if you decide you're going to have a fucking glass of wine, you're going to. um, And then just that moment of like mm-hmm. feeling strong and powerful and like fiery, you know, like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's not that's not who you are. That's not what you want. That's not what you need. Like, yeah. Settle down. <laughs> so. Um, the obsession is gone in a way, but I'm still, the fascination isn't gone, I guess. That's a great way to put it. The fascination is still there, but it's not an active fascination though, is it? No, no, not But it is still a little fascinating though, you know? Hmm. And I don't want to dog on anybody's enjoyment of it, but I just, it's the behavior, right? It's the behavior Mm -hmm. that comes from it. It's the behavior that I don't want to be around. It's the behavior of, um, for me, there's just, I have more important things to do with my life, the rest of my life, whatever the last half of my life, than sit on right. a fucking bar stool, you know, four right. or five right. days a week right. and, you know, talk shit with people I don't know and talk shit with people I do know. And I just, there's better things for me to do with my time. Right. I'm, it's, it's running out and I've already wasted too much of it. And I don't want to lament that or, or regret that, but like, I got. I want to move on to the next thing because I've been in all. They they all smell the same. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like I've yeah. already been there. This fucking. I know what when I walk by, by places like there was a couple several months ago. I was in San Francisco and you kind of walk during the day in San Francisco and there's all these little tucked away hidden little dark rooms and walk by them and you can kind of hear the clanking of bottles and the mm-hmm. shuffling of people and like and it's just the that murmur. smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've done that. I know what that's like. And there's there's a moment of like, hmm, would be nice and cozy in there. And it's yeah, like, I want to no, be in there with the fruit flies and the barf. <laughs> right, exactly. You know what it's I mean? Because it's fermented fruit and barf. That's what yeah. all bars smell like to me. Mm-hmm. Old bars. They all do. There's that stomach bile smell mm-hmm. kind of under everything. And then it's yes. just all fermented fruit. And there's always fruit flies. Even yes. in the nicer joints, there's fruit flies. You just don't know. You don't yes. see it. John at the El Dorado, not to throw them out by name but i'm trying to think of like a high class joint i worked there's at the, just a beep right there where you just beep out the name of your previous employer but i worked but at uh, no i'll tell you i mean i worked at the fairmont okay the fairmont is like a world-class world-renowned resort whatever lousy with flu, fruit flies dude it was a it was a chronic problem like mm-hmm. you, you don't get away with it you don't you you really it's it is virtually impossible like and I'll tell you, I mean, as far as bars go, I mean, this is just a little side note. Um, mm-hmm. Fruit flies, one, they come from 99% of the issues with fruit flies comes from places not being cleaned properly. Right. And there's only so much cleaning you can actually do. I mean, unless you're going to be like, it's 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 just basically impossible in most well, places. Well, it's a liquid. It gets into everything. Every, it gets mm-hmm. into the seams and the counters. It gets into the caulking in the tubs it, it gets everywhere it just, it's unavoidable it takes one orange peel in the drain and that's all they need you oh, know? yeah i get fruit flies in my house because i drink smoothies every day and mm-hmm. i'll be like where the fuck did y'all come from mm-hmm. you know because i'll like i won't rinse the smoothie glass out properly you know to still have that fermenting fruit on top of the water you know mm-hmm. and then they're like party time but i like that so much better than the fruit flies around my recycling bin because there's five bottles empty bottles of evan williams in there, yeah you know? yeah yeah um so that's how I'm recovered. My fruit flies are healthy now. <laughs> they got the healthy green smoothie. They got the flies. healthy green. Yeah, they want some of that spinach. So, and I think I think like 
the recovery versus recovered. Um, it's depends on, I, th I again, I, it always depends on the person, but I think that there are certain levels of my ongoing recovery that have been recovered, that have things have been recovered. My sense of, sense of purpose, sense of self, sense of, uh, mm -hmm. accomplishment, sense of, um, of, you know, desire, sense of, um, confidence. Did I say confidence, self-esteem, things like that? Yeah. Those things mm -hmm. are being recovered every single day. I wake up and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but there's still like so much more and I go, okay, well what's next, John? Like what next fucking spiritual level or physical or mental, like financial, I mean, all the financial, the, you know what I mean? Coat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can we pause for a second? I have to pee so bad. Yeah. I've been sitting here dying. So uh, I'll make a note of it at like, just let 40, it run. Just let it 47, run. 47, 48, just but I'll text 47, you 47, 48. Okay. All right. I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to let Jerry go pee there. Um, and I uh, just want to say about the half marathon that um, it was an absolute painful, beautiful experience. Um, I came out of it with this big... The, the, the sense of accomplishment and the sense of confidence and the, the ability... Um, is it really, it's weird, but it's not like anything else that I've ever felt. And I didn't know, I mean, it's just running in the desert. It's just a race, but I feel like there's, you, it sounds so corny and so cliched, but that idea of if you set your mind to it, you can do anything, um, is really true. So I just want to put that in there. And are you, um, are you he's still back. You, yeah, I was. Oh, oh, you're just gonna keep it running. Good. I'm not gonna text you that 4748. It's fine. We'll, it it we'll just let yeah. it roll. We'll just let it roll. It was hurting. I was like, I'm hurting right now. <laughs> what, Congratulations on your enlightenment, John. But I'm, I don't want to pee in a jar. I was pot. just telling the folks about the level of like accomplishment with the uh, with the marathon. Like it's it sounds As so you're talking about your running. I was. Yeah. You're I, like. It's just, it sounds corny and it sounds stupid, but that idea of if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. And like, well, yeah, most anything. I mean, let's be reasonable here. Well, sure. Be, be yeah. reasonable or, you know, but what, I mean, if you, I was also being a smart ass too, but, but yeah. what, what if you, what if you're unreasonable with it? Then what do you, what do you, if you, you know, you can't, you can't shoot for the stars. You can't reach the stars, stars if you don't shoot for the moon or I don't know. I don't know. I just I if I put my mind to it, I can't prove that everybody's a lizard person and this is a simulation. I also can't no, grow an extra ball either. What if you? Well, I mean, funny though. I mean, but what would you I, find with, out about I yourself guess. if you tried? And you know, you're right. You should <laughs> then I probably and... need medication or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was so, trying to be funny. Was it? Listen, man. I just got no. back from peeing, so I'm not on my true form yet. You were still running it. I thought we were gonna use the magic of podcasting. I thought so too, and then I thought, nah, well, let's it. just fuck it, you know? Like, let's. That's just, how. That was... That's how. That's how Rogan does it. Well, Rogan did it with the fucking. I my, one of my favorite was Chuck Palahniuk. He uh -huh. was in there, and which was a fascinating conversation. That was like, a good one. Yeah. Say what you yeah. will about Joe Rogan. But no, like, I just fuck around. I know. He's actually and got he's, some interesting. He kind of gets on, on my nerve. 
yeah, he gets yeah. on my nerves too. But um, at one point, Chuck had it. He's like, look, I got to pee. So he's like, I got to go pee. It's like, yeah, just go pee. So, But then when he goes and pees, Rogan's like, he's a weird dude, man. Because <laughs> yeah. Chuck Palahniuk is a weird dude. But I love Chuck Palahniuk's books. Mm-hmm. Like, he's an interesting writer. Yeah. But um, I've heard a bunch of other podcasts where they're having a conversation. And anyway, yeah, yeah. someone gets up and has to do I've heard beer cans crack in the back and stuff. So Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I'll say just kind of in conclusion of our recovered versus recovery mm-hmm. um i it's definitely a personal thing and everybody needs you know I, I feel like alcoholism is this sort of there's this gradation of alcoholism between what i may have and what somebody else has and yes, yes what somebody else needs you know you may you may you may not you just don't have the same problems as i do right even my level of alcoholism during active alcoholism may not have been the same as yours. Mm-hmm. I, I can't jive with this black and white shit. It's all shades of gray, man. It's mm-hmm. all shades of gray. And if they're telling you you're doing it wrong, like find someone who can show you the way that'll help you out more than someone tell you you're doing it wrong. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't. You know, I don't. They know, don't know man. you. They don't know you. Now, and and I think this is something. This that's an important point that you know finding. One, not not lying to myself about what I need, because it's easy right. to be like, no, man, you don't you don't know. You don't know me. You don't know me. I got to right. I got to figure it out, you know. But right. So I don't I don't want to lie to myself about what I need and what my problems are. But finding that person, you know, one of the one of the things they say a lot is, you know, if you, you know, find somebody who has what you want. So yeah. if you see somebody and they they seem to have live life the way that you want to live life then ask them how they got there and listen to them um that's what i did right that's that's what that's what worked for me is i found somebody that i felt connected with and then um began to well first in my very cynical view was like this guy's not this guy's full of shit like this ain't real and then yeah i was skeptical too i'm still fucking skeptical dude i go to these meetings and i'm like what do you want Mm -hmm. what do you want from me like, I also heard someone say, uh, find someone who has what they want too. You know, not mm. only what you want, but you run into someone and you see that you kind of want what they got going on emotionally and shit, but they also are wanting what they got going on. They're like yeah. getting what they, and you're like, okay, this is a well-rounded person. This person may be able to help me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's port- important in finding whether or not, and you may have a very small problem that doesn't require... Right. Dude, much of is, anything it's all shades of gray man the only way you're doing recovery wrong is if you're still drinking or using <laughs> that's it that's it like if you're right? like i want to be sober but i'm fucked up like i'm getting fucked up well then you're not doing it right mm-hmm. you gotta like not get fucked up anymore and then from there you can that's step number one right. not even within the aa big book steps just number one and i think the most important part of trying to get recovered is to not get fucked up <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And maybe 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 one thing is your problem and you know, I I didn't have multiple addictions. Right. Necessarily. Some people, lots of people do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole and again I, I wanna say that like the whole mushroom thing, uh, there's a lot of people who consider themselves sober who do mushrooms yeah. every once in a while hey. and I and put my I, hands up like this. Like, yes. Yeah, do what you gotta do, man. Just I'm not gonna do it with you. And you know you can do all the research about the uh, uh, 
the founders of certain 12-step programs and their um, their use with uh, psychedelic psychedelics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all out there. So let's. It's not, all out there. Yeah. I, there's no there's no purity on my part about about what is right and what is wrong. Except that, yeah, if you're getting fucked up, then you're not. Right. Then you may want to consider, and you don't want to be. If you want to be, and you're you're fine with it, and it makes you happy, then please continue to do it. I think yeah. our only mission with this podcast is if you are unhappy, if you are suffering, if you are in pain, an and you unmanageable, are in, yes, an unmanageable state. <laughs> if you're in an unmanageable state and you would like to manage a little bit better, mm-hmm. hit I us think, up. Yeah. Send us a check or money order. Yes, to- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. Uh, just think about that. What do you want? Do you want this? Do you want that? What do you want? Yeah. What's going to ultimately make your life tolerable and then in turn make it maybe even fucking enjoyable? Who knows? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think like recovery can be this thing as a noun, right? This is this this big thing that I'm going through in life. Like I'm mm-hmm. re- the recovery. And what is it that I want to re- to have? What is it I want to recover? What are the what is the verb like the uh, I have yes, recovered? Yes. I have uh-huh. I have recovered my my family. I have recovered my friends. I have recovered my relationships. I have recovered my bank account. I have right. recovered my my sense of self. Right. And you know, so it's just using those terms and really think. I I think about like the definitions of words a lot too. Right, so. and it's a great word actually to define that way because it literally is even in the sense of health. It's like getting your health back. You know what I mean? The thing that you have lost, you're now, mm-hmm. yeah, getting it back again. Mm-hmm. You get you you recover from surgery. You mm-hmm. you know so you recover from. I don't know what else you recover from a right. tattoo. And, <laughs> right, and while drinking, you just try to recover your fucking credit card from whatever bar you were at last night exactly god that's a that's a terrible one dude yeah there was one time where i was (laughs) (laughs) this was like months and so you know you'd bounce around and you'd go to different bars or whatever Mm -hmm. and i just remember walking into this one place and i i kind of knew the people fairly well but i didn't go in there very often and and um a little bit but i walk in and i'm like hey what's up man hey so and so and they're like oh john they're like, I haven't seen you in a while. You know, I got your debit card back here, and <laughs> I had completely forgotten about it. I just thought I lost it, and instead of trying to recover my debit card or retrace my steps, just I was like, I'll just one. cancel it and get a new one. I'll just go right. without my debit card for. They were just in Seattle, went to one bar on the other side of town, forgot exactly. that you left it there, and, and just like, went about your what? life. I I have no idea where I went. So walk back into Ed's courthouse, and they're like, Listen, man. That place was weird, huh? Oh, yeah, we got kicked out of there, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, this is that's for another podcast, I guess. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.